Hello, this podcast is sponsored by Now Alchemy. Now Alchemy is an amazing company that has formulated the most powerful substance in our body that was taken way back in the Egyptian era known as the food of the gods. Not only does it bring in balance, happiness, and increase your intuition, it decalcifies your pineal gland, which opens up your third eye and increases your light body, allowing your consciousness and your awareness to be open and aware of everything that is going on. The high-level mineral source, which we need today on our planet, is so important. With the fact that the earth itself has been overturned so many times with all of the farming industries, that we do not have access to the rich ormus that is available on this planet. And thanks to now alchemy, we do. We now have the sustenance that our body needs that is brought in from the Himalayan mountains and the Dead Sea. Ormus, which is powerful energy source that moves through your body and brings together a whole synthesis of information to every part of your body. By bringing this mineral source, you are nourishing your body at a cellular level. I love the company for what it stands for and its ethics. And it has been a sponsor of Ancient Wisdom Today podcast since the beginning. And that's why I always ask the tribe to support the sponsors who are sponsoring this show because I go through each of the sponsors with strong ethics and integrity to make sure that whatever they are bringing forth is in align to the planet and into you and for all of us so that we can grow and have health and wellness in our lives. Ormus's company spends a lot of time with advanced scientists, naturopaths, and doctors and herbalists to formulate a sourcing technique that brings in the highest quality of organic ingredients from the most mysterious and desolate countries in order to bring the magic in the bottle, which is Ormus. Now Alchemy is not just for health and wellness community, but for all people seeking to become their greatest version of themselves. And I've been taking this product for many months, and it has been such an addition to my shamanic love that I bring to the world. And how I bring love into the lives of people is by keeping myself healthy and happy and lifted and shifted. By bringing the highest source of minerals in my body, I am able to hold a high vibration of energy and light when doing healing work or when I'm speaking to large groups of people and when I'm here lit and doing Ancient Wisdom Today podcasts. So I invite you to experience the amazingness of Ormus. They have so many powerful selections that you can choose from, from 24 karat gold Ormus to Shilajit to nano-enhanced CBD to Elysium, each bringing a different blend of energy to your body. And I honestly say that this company is really changing the lives of people ever since I've mentioned them and shared them with all of the people in the tribe. I've been getting letters and letters of people's lives that have been changing. And not to mention the fact that those who have had suffered so many times from PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, confusion, fog brain, and all of these other symptoms that have been plaguing us because of the onslaught of aggressive energies on our planet, by taking Ormus, these things are cleared, neutralized, and allowing you to have more balance and groundedness in who you are, as well as enhancing your mind so that you're able to think clearly and have a stronger focus. You can get Ormus by contacting www.nowalchemy.com 
www.nowalchemy.com. That's www.nowalchemy.com. And if you use the code SHAMAN, you'll get 11% off every purchase you make. I'm so happy, tribe, that we are putting beautiful things in our body because putting beautiful things in our body is putting beautiful things in our mind and our spirit. And that allows us to shine and radiate our truth in this world as leaders. I love you. Enjoy the share. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a sixth generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I love you. I think you're an amazing, wonderful being. And I know that you feel the same about yourself since you've been listening to all the shares with amazing, powerful people, Meditation Wednesdays. We're just keeping it lit all day, every day. And it's about us lifting and shifting ourselves so that we can lift and shift the populace of Earth and steer this beautiful mothership right into the fifth dimension with glory and joy and happiness and mental, emotional, and physical orgasmic energy. Because that's what it means to stay lit all the time. And I'm so happy and joyed with my heart and my soul for your life and for my life and for all of our lives who are in this tribe and being the lit leaders who are here to leave legacy. And on top of legacy, because I want to talk about that legacy, I have an amazing soul sister, beautiful medicine woman from my past life. When I know a lot of you know that I was a pharaoh in Egypt, she was the priestess in the temple. And I love her. I'm glad that we found each other in this life again. Uh, it's my beautiful friend, Brandy. She is the co-founder of Rhythmia. And this place is an amazing resort. You're talking high-level star resort that offers you transformation, innovation, changing you from both the inner and outer dimensions of your being, helping you understand how to relate to yourself and the world in which you live in and build a balance between both the natural and also the physical world. So we're talking nature and human, and that's what it's about. And they use plant medicine. They use healing techniques. They do women's um, circles and women groups. And I mean, it's just very powerful and it's lit there. It's powerful. And, you know, she is the co-founder of it and you got to check it out. And we'll talk more about that in today's share. I also want you to know that this, this, this today, you got to really just tune in because the message that we're bringing forth is so powerful. We actually had to record this again and again, because of the fact that the spirits from the underworld keep trying to get involved and block us. And now we got to turn up the energy extra high so we can fly. We cannot be stopped. Yeah. No, No, not this time. We're not playing this game. too much so welcome <laughs> welcome my sister brandy into the studio we're back uh, we're back <laughs> <laughs> i mean literally if people knew exactly what i mean you got to tell them like it's, it's a little crazy it's been a journey though because this actually was supposed to happen months ago but first he had to clean me up i was a hot mess when i showed up for the last podcast <laughs> 
He was like, I'm sorry, my ancestors said I have to do some work on you. And he went on for like a couple hours. His team was like, Derek, the podcast is not going to happen if you keep going. And he just had so much love for me. (laughs) He just cleaned me up and I stepped into the next level. And so many amazing things have been happening since he helped me to, to own more of my feminine power since that healing. And now I'm ready to do the podcast. Yeah. But we tried to get stopped again. <laughs> yeah, we and again. It's like we you you literally don't understand. We had we were in the studio recording this podcast and then it wasn't recording. And I know it's Mercury in retrograde right now. And I just that thing is, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't want to believe in this Mercury retrograde thing, but <laughs> it's it's really, it's really doing something. It's real. It's real. So I, I'm just happy that to have you here. And I mean you know, when you came in the first time and I looked at your energy and I was like, I'm the type of person where I don't really care if I see someone's energy and I'm like, look, if we just do a little tweak, a little bit of lift, a little bit of shift here, there's going to go to the next level. That's what I wanted. And I wanted to spend that time with you and just love on you versus uh. focus on like, let's having you on the podcast and on the share. But I was like, no, I want to just love on her today. So we're not, we're not obviously going to, the team was like, what are you doing? What is this about? You're off. You're off schedule. Like, but I'm like, you know what? And that's why I'm who I am. And that's why I love you. That's yeah. why that was the reunion. I'm like, oh, it's you from Egypt again. Yeah. Oh, and it's amazing because I work with so many healers, so many shamans, so many people. And I'm so grateful for the magic that you're bringing back you know, to empower people in our time and just to experience it firsthand, like right away, first thing meeting you, you know, like I was like, "Mm -hmm." he said, I'm going to cough 20 times when he moves this energy out of my chest. And of course, next minute later, (laughs) I'm coughing 20 (laughs) times. Okay. Then, oh, let's not forget when I was leaving the meeting, he's like, wait, my grandmother said that you have to stay. And a woman comes up and I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't have anyone to watch Nikos, but Shaman Derek, just said his grandmother, his ancestors are talking to him. I'm staying. And that was amazing because I'm like listening to the meeting. I'm like, why am I here? Why am I here? I look at her phone. I see Baba G on her phone. I mentioned Baba G. Next thing you know, what are the chances? This woman had flown in from France and I she told me that she was doing a healing in India with a small group of people. And I'm like, wait a minute. One of my best friends is out there working with Baba G, channeling Baba G, doing these healings with a small group. You don't know this guy, do you? Oh my God, that was my partner. Like, you are on point, oh, yeah, my brother. That's right. You are on point. Yeah, because I went in the kitchen. I went in the kitchen to get and, We're I, and like I screaming, calling him on Facebook. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> was that the day that I also had my my tribal family come for the ritual? I don't know. Or was that a different day? I think it was a different I don't know. I don't I was, know. There was other things going on. Like I remember leaving you ladies in the room to have your talk. Yeah. And then there was other healings going on, like you in had another so room. much going on in that house. <laughs> <laughs> so much going on. <laughs> I know, but I'm, that was my first meeting of you. Epic. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's really funny too, is because when my grandmother speaks, like we were just, okay. So we were just recording the share right like before this one. And we're like middle section of the share. And the whole, before when the share first started, literally my grandmother came in the room and she's like, you, the recording hasn't, it's not recording. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm really like in this conversation. It's deep. We're getting deep. And, and then I just kind of let it go and I was in it. And then my grandmother came again and she goes, so you're both sharing really amazing things, but the spirits, we hear it, 
but the world's not going to hear it because it's not recording. So mm. I was like, let me look and see if it's recording. And sure enough, it wasn't recording. And even when you were getting ready to walk out the door that day, my grandmother came through and she's like, nope, tell her to stay. And I was like, okay, oh, I'm going to tell her to stay. You, I have to say, you activated something because I mean, I have been on this path. I'm working with women, helping us all to awaken to our feminine, more of our feminine power. But I have to say like, it was amazing. You, how you read my bones and the way that you were able to tune right into some issues. You were like calling it out. You were like, you are, have been attracting men that are trying to take your power. You've done this in many lifetimes. You have a calling with women. You didn't even know what I was doing with women, you know? And then like you were moving like my throat and opening my voice and all of this. And, and it's like, after meeting with you, I, I, I stepped into myself in such a bigger way. And so I'm so grateful for that. And I think it's just so important that women know about your work in this time, work with you, find you, find some way to work with you, read your book, Spirit Hacking, that is coming out soon. You really are helping us. So thank you, brother. Thanks for coming back and doing this work. I'm going to cry right now. Thank you. I love you. (laughs) I love you too. That's that's my little ducky. That's my inner child coming out. No, I, I, I feel honored to have you back in my life. You are such an inspiration. And just being like, there are times where I'll be traveling around Europe and I'll like send you messages yeah. and you'll send me messages and it just kind of just lightens up everything. And I just, when I'm around you, I feel so like rooted both in our other lifetime that we had to, with each other. And then in this lifetime, and you are always been supportive. Like you're always supportive. You're, you know, you're sharing about the book. You're connecting me with people that you think would be able to bring the message out to the tribe, out to the people of the world in a greater way. I'm very honored by you. Thank you. We're on the same mission. You know what I mean? Like if I could help you, we we all got to help each other out because we're on the same mission. Yeah. So let's talk. I want to talk about, you're the co-founder of of one of the most sought after uh, retreats in Costa Rica that people are talking about, people are flocking to from presidents to celebrities to you name it. I mean, everyone is going to your retreat. It's it's like sometimes I'll have friends take pictures and they're like, oh, I'm at Rhythmia. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's great. You know, <laughs> this place is amazing. However, there was a beginning stage for you. Mm-hmm. What was that? Mm-hmm. So seven years ago, I had a marketing and branding company. I was successful. It looked like I was rocking it from the outside. But if you got a little closer and looked in, I had some stuff that was just not shifting in my life. Like I was a self-help junkie. I was reading every book, going to every workshop, doing everything I could because I found that was my way to freedom because I came from a very, you know, my childhood was very traumatic. My mom to this day is a meth addict, lives in a meth house. I was raised in a meth house till I was 11. And when I was six years old, my dad committed suicide and I walked in the room. So, you know, those were just a couple of the the very traumatic events that happened. And so for me, self-help, spirituality, personal development, this was the key for me. But I was caught up in a business where I wasn't being in service. I was marketing, branding, making money, but like, I felt like my soul was getting sucked every day that I was showing up to this. And So I finally started doing something on the side to feed that part of me that really was calling to, to, you know, help people. And what I did was I created a mystical program and taught uh, Kriya meditation to men that were transitioning from prison. I did it every weekend for free. And around that time, thank God, my partner and I had a falling out. I lost millions of dollars overnight. 
And I was totally screwed. I was like, every part of me was saying, go start it again. You got this. Do create another company. You know how to do this. But then my soul was screaming like, don't do it. No. And I finally, for the first time, stepped out of that survival mentality, um, that masculine, you know, man in me that could make shit happen, you know. And I stepped into this new way of listening. I called it in. I literally said it out loud. I said, I want to work on one of the biggest movements on the planet. Use me, God, use me, guide me. I'm done being in control. I surrender. And this is when the magic started to happen in my life. This is when synchronicity started to show up that were leading me to, you know, part of my calling. And a group of shamans contacted me from Costa Rica. And this was an interesting time because after this happened, there was a full moon and I, I actually made a, a vision board and I was just asking spirit, like, what is it? What is it? And I was getting these visions coming to me, you know, to create a, a life transformation program that's more futuristic, that's not just going to go through the mind because why was I stuck in some of the old patterns where I kept attracting the same man over and over and over again, the codependent relationships, the the man that I had to save, even though I was going to all these workshops and, and understanding this whole story that I was trying to save my mother, why did I keep attracting it still? And it was because I was trying to go through the brain and we're not just our brains, we're mine body, spirit, emotional body. So I needed something quantum that was going to heal all of it. And I started getting called to this medicine, ayahuasca, which I had never heard of before. These shamans contacted me, wanted me to partner with them and create this center. I go out there. They have this beautiful center and they're healing people of cancer, of mental disorders, of addictions. I mean, the plant sounded miraculous, but to me, it still sounded like a drug. And so for me, um, I, you know, because of my mom, I wanted nothing to do with anything that looked like a drug. And uh, I came back home and I'm like, okay, I'm going to create this with them, but I'm not going to do it myself, you know? And I had somebody almost every week inviting me to do a ceremony. And my old friend from junior high, Jamal, was like, yeah, girl, you got to do this. Like, he, I think he just got back from Burning Man. I'm like, dude, whatever you're doing, I'm doing the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and then it took a 70 year old woman who had been working with this medicine for 30 years. And uh, Jennifer Butler, who said, you know, once a year we do this as a vision quest. And at, since you're helping me with consulting, can you come and do this? I very reluctantly went. And the shaman who helped me to say yes to doing this was, uh, she explained to me the difference between a drug and medicine. A drug is something that you're taking to escape yourself, to avoid your problems. The medicine is something that you're taking to go right into those problems, right into the things that you don't want to face. And, you know, she said, this is an opportunity for you to lift the veil, to talk to your soul. And I was so disconnected from my soul. I was so disconnected because I have been running in this freaking rat race of survival my whole life. And, um, you know, so I did the medicine and that night, I was, I received a huge healing around my issue with men and I was shown this vision and it's called the sleeping giants project. And I was told, you know, the greatest way that you could be in service is to wake up the giants. And I was shown this vision of this center Costa Rica and said, you're being guided. Don't go back into your old ways of making shit happen 
forcing things, controlling things, watch as things show up. And so this is the first time in my life that I was allowing myself to be guided this way, you know? And so two weeks later, somebody introduced me to a man in Malibu who had just changed his life. Uh, He was shooting up five, six of Demerol a day. He had sold his company for $90 million and he was suicidal. And he went into one of the most expensive rehabs in Malibu, spending 100 grand a month. And he transferred his addiction from Demerol to women, to alcohol, to, and he couldn't get to why he was so depressed and so low at a time when you would think he would be celebrating, right, with all of this money. Somebody told him about this plant. He went to Costa Rica, and this isn't going to be the case for all people, but in one night he received this miraculous healing where he was shown that he had been molested by his father and his grandfather. And this is why subconsciously he was trying to kill himself. And he was shown a vision that he was supposed to create a center to help heal people. So we had this same vision. He was partnered with Michael Beckwith. And I'm like, well, that's my reverend. We go to Costa Rica. We realize we're supposed to do this together. We found the biggest land and we created Rhythmia. And since then, it's been amazing. We've had 6,000 people plus go through our program. And what I'm really proud of about what we're doing with the medicine work is the level of integrity that we are honoring with the sacred work because, you know, I was, when we first got into this work and it's even crazier right now, you know, with it getting so popular, but there's all kinds of problems, you know, there's shamans calling themselves shamans who should not be calling themselves shamans, (laughs) right? There's like a white guy named Doug who just did it for the first time in Venice for a couple weekends. And now he's slanging ceremonies, (laughs) dancing around with crystals, DJing in the corner. And this is why we were like, we need to create a safe place with a medical license, a safe place for women, especially women, Mm -hmm. because I was hearing these stories where women are going into the jungles uh, into Peru, you know, and getting raped getting and raped. crazy yeah. stories, you know? So yeah. this was the intention of Rithbia. And I'm so blessed to be able to be doing this as part of my work. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really blessed that you are doing this a part of your love. Um, you yeah. know, because thank you for reframing that. I don't, yes. Yeah. Because the thing <laughs> is, and it's true because like what I find, you know, from what I see out there, right. Is that a lot of times people think I'm against plant medicine. It's not that I'm against plant medicine. I'm against people who do things in the usage of the medicine and not honoring what the medicine is for. It is medicine. It is not your escape. It is, you know, it is there. It's like, you know, I call it the transformation station. But once you're there, it's not for you to stay there. It's right. like, it's, it's, a pl- it's not a place to hang out. Right. right? And it's, like, this it's your is, new this hangout is, place. And this is the problem that I'm seeing is that people are thinking that this is like a magic pill, first of all, that you're going to take the medicine and your whole life is going to be transformed, you know? And then the other problem is people are getting addicted to the experience of medicine, which is crazy because sometimes you don't know what the experience is going to be with medicine. It could be, it could feel like hell one night. So people who go to this medicine thinking they're going to have a good time and be all blissed out, you are out of your mind, right? You're rolling the dice. And so, you know, and what I see the biggest problem is the misunderstanding of how the medicine works. So 50% of the healing happens from this plant, right? You receive an awareness, energy can be cleared, a space is now cleared for you to step into this new way. But when you go into the real world, the spirit of this plant is still working in you to help you integrate it. And it's like building a muscle. It's going to give you experiences that are going to help you reinforce 
this new awareness and this new healing. And so if you think you're going to take medicine, you're going to step into life and all your problems are going to be solved and it's going to be all blissed out, heaven on earth, you're tripping. Because actually what happens more of the time is your problems come up magnified, okay? And those people, (laughs) you know, that you can't stand or that you're judging or whatever, they're here. They're your angels in disguise here to help you. And Mm -hmm. they show up in full force to help you reinforce it. Now, if you try to escape it and run from it and then go to another ceremony, right, to have another aha, then you get stuck in this trap with the medicine where you can have the same problem. And I've seen people taking medicine for years that have the same problem right? And it's because they're not doing the work. They're not integrating it. They haven't created a practice in their life. Yeah, it's true. And it's true. And I do, I do see the shamans who call themselves shamans and they don't know anything about shamanism. They just know how to like go to get on an airplane, go to Peru, go to this place, sit, you know, maybe for a month, maybe two months, maybe three months, and then come back and they're facilitating these medicines. And what they don't understand is that a lot of these people who are facilitating medicines don't know physiology, don't know um, how the body operates in its, in its um, physiology and how people are operating in the field of how their body is constructed and working. And even if the medicine is right for the person to be taking, because there are certain, in shamanism, we learn about contraindications of how people respond to medicine, to plants, to anything. There's tests that we can do. Like when you first met me, you know, I was doing bone reading. Right. There are certain tests that we can actually test someone based on pulse, based on the way that their eyes dilate. When I say medicine, is the medicine right for you? And I watch their their eyes uh, tell me, their breath tells me. I could ask their their body, hey body, if the medicine is right for you, you know, swallow three times. And if the body is having this this issue of communicating, it tells me, no, the medicine isn't right for me. The other way that people would do it is to have a person be, you know, go into meet with the shaman, you know, be in the space of this is what I want to do, but it has to come from a place of 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 true understanding of self. Because everyone always operates from this 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 outer connectedness of like I'm doing it because my friend is doing it and it's on trend, mm-hmm. it's on point, it's the social, it's get you know you get street cred from it, you become the hot <laughs> new cool, you know, and you're like you know you get you got your posse crew and everyone's like yo ayahuasca yo yeah over here we all did it what about you did you do it no you didn't do it you're not in this group right and so it's become so um, convoluted to the point where people have lost touch with the idea that you don't need to keep doing it over and over Mm -hmm. and over. And if you don't feel a real calling for it, don't do it just because your friends told Mm -hmm. you to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is what is happening right now. It's become like a trend. And there's so many people that are doing it in a really unsafe way. And there's dangers. There's so many different dangers because as you know, you know, a shaman who doesn't understand the spirit world And really like, (laughs) this is what you are dealing with. And this is what's so crazy about the plant medicine community is there's a whole group of like scientists and people that are trying to understand it from uh, the physical Physical, realm. Physical, physical. From the physical realm. And they don't even understand. I'm like, wait a minute, this is a spirit. (laughs) What are you doing? And then to not, like when I hear stories of people doing ceremonies in a big building in the middle of the Bronx and I'm like, Like, do you know who your neighbor is? Do you know who's living upstairs? Like, do you understand energy? There's no walls. 
You're doing, a, you're opening yourself to these spiritual dimensions and you have no idea who is around you. Your environment is so important. The frequencies, the, how the space has been cleared around you, who this person, who this shaman is, how much training have they have, how far have they gone in themselves? If they are really good at what they're doing, they should be able to do a lot of this without the medicine, mm -hmm. right? And the medicine is a tool, a spirit that they're working with. But it's, it's crazy to me how many people are calling themselves shamans right now, slang and ceremonies on the weekends. And yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's wild. Changing I mean, their names to <laughs> flying eagle or whatever and like buying really expensive shaman clothes. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like the new actress of Hollywood. It's crazy. It really is. And it makes <laughs> it difficult for people like me who's out there who has been born this way and has been living my whole life this way to go out there in the world and share with people shamanism, the anthropology, the sociology, understanding of the physiology, helping people understanding what it means to co-adapt. How do we operate in our existence while not being affected by other people's choices and, and, and behaviors? There's a whole psychology that comes along yeah. with being a shaman. And if someone is ha going into cardiac arrest or going into anaphylactic shock or they're going or into some entity. kind of... Or an are you entity. dealing with an entity? What oh, the yeah. hell are you I'm doing are you it in a building in Bronx <laughs> First of all, just, let's just go How back. How is I Golden wanna... Cosmic Eagle going to handle the entity? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I just want to break down for the oh, tribe shit. so you can understand what, what my friend Brandy is actually saying. When you do a plant medicine or any kind of these medicines that are out there from Iboga to you name it, in a building where there's other people in the building, okay? Let me explain to you exactly what you're actually putting your energy into. Buildings have echoes. Echoes are recorded in the fields and the walls and the floors from people who live there from time to time to time. A person moved out, a person moved in, they leave a new echo. Those echoes become to accumulate. Those echoes have spiritual content in them, meaning emotions and mental things that the people who were living there have now filtered into the walls. When you are in nature, nature is nature element. So nature element is operating at a frequency that allows any kind of discordant energy to be put back into a cord. That's why when you're in nature, nature heals you because your mm -hmm. body is made up of elemental spirits that are living spirits so that when a plant interacts with those living spirits or the tree interacts with those living spirits, it actually creates a, a wellspring that actually starts to rejuvenate your cells, your mitochondria, your body, you get fresh oxygen. Everything starts shifting inside of you. Even if you just lay yourself on a, on a field of grass, you're getting huge benefit for your health. And we're going to talk about true health and wellness. That's where it's at. So when you're in a building, when I see these people tell me, oh, I do an ayahuasca ceremony. We're doing it in this person's house. One woman told me she did it in this apartment and there was a refrigerator buzzing the whole time while she was doing it. And I just was like, I just wanted to throw up. I mean, literally, Brandy, I was just like, I was getting sick to my stomach. She's like, yeah, it was just buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. I was like, oh, oh, oh. just the idea oh. of opening my vessel oh. at that vulnerable level and having this buzzing refrigerator buzzing <laughs> while I'm at a vulnerable state. And then the other thing that people don't realize, and I don't know if you've seen Batman, but it's, I, I love Batman because they put the bat symbol in the sky. Okay, so when you do any kind of plant medicine and you open up yourself, in the spirit world, you look like that bat symbol. Mm -hmm. And if the shaman is who's doing it is not 
no, doesn't know the spirit world, doesn't mm-hmm. know how the spirit world interacts, doesn't know what different types of spirits that are out there and how they show up. Do they have smells when they show up? Is there a chill that goes up the back of your back when they show up? Do you get a sensation of pain in your stomach? You see, there's different spirits that enter the room that create different sensations. Sometimes you get a chill. Sometimes you get really overheated. You know, different mm-hmm. your teeth start chattering. There's different types of spirits. And when you're in shamanism, you train to know these spirits. So mm-hmm. I know when something is off in someone's home or if there's something... A certain thing is happening, a person's having a certain kind of dream or whatever, I know what type of spirit is interacting with them. Mm. But when you're not a shaman and you're giving someone this beautiful medicine that is making them open up on this vulnerable level and the shaman doesn't have knowledge of anything of these spiritual things because they're not really a shaman, in the spirit world, you look like that bat symbol. So the spirits who are looking at that, okay, move closer because they want to see whose vessel is opening up at this level. Mm. But it's not only the light spirits that move closer. It's also the ones from the underworld. It's mm-hmm. also the ones who are entrapped in between, what they call them the in-between planes. The ones who have had too much turmoil and chaos in their lives when they were living in physical form. So they, they are stuck in these, do- these tormented uh, dimensions where they're still reliving their stuff. They can even see your light um, formation that's being um, shined like a bat symbol and so then they move closer and if they get there and remember to move in spirit form is just a thought it's not like you have to travel by car or train or anything like that so when they get there and they see this open vessel and the shaman who's there does nothing about setting up perimeters and and places for you to be able to create that safety container Mm -hmm. for you to go through that level of vulnerability they look over at the shaman they say oh there's no guardians here there's no guardians here. There's no guardians here. There's no boundary set up. There's no quarters. There's no nothing. There's nothing protecting these people. Mm-hmm. Then the darkness goes, oh, I want to jump in that person. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into them. I'm going to feed off their energy. I'm going to get into their thoughts and make them do things where they keep opening their vessels so I can get more food from them. Mm-hmm. Food for a spirit is your light right? Mm -hmm. They need your light. But in order to get your light, they have to keep making you feel that you're distorted. So Mm -hmm. the more you believe in the distorted pattern frequencies that you're getting mentally and emotionally from the mental occurrences that they're sending you telepathically, you then begin to think negatively and think, I need to do more medicine. Mm -hmm. And that's why they keep going back and back and Mm -hmm. back and back because they think the only way they can get to that core power because we're all superheroes in disguise right Mm -hmm. and the system the matrix knows that and it wants to keep us dulled down on all this bullshit so that we can not see that level of what we are these rocking like vibrational sensational giants right that you were talking about earlier waking up these giants so when when people go into that space they don't realize that it's not just the refrigerator you need to be worried about, my love. <laughs> it's the bat symbol that just was casted in the, in the spirit realm with uh, all the spirits who are now seeing how all your weaknesses uh, and going, I can exploit those weaknesses yes. and make them still feel weak after this ceremony. So they'll come back to do another one and another one and another one. And every time they open up that gate, I'll be waiting. Because mm-hmm. I know that if they chose a shaman who wasn't a shaman in the first place, they'll do it again and mm-hmm. again and again and again and again. And keep doing it because any real shaman, if they knew you did plant medicine, they're not going to say, okay, you need to do it again next week on mm-hmm. Tuesday. Can we book you in for, uh, what was it, Friday? <laughs> Can we book you in Friday? Maybe you want a Saturday appointment. We've got like a, a nine o'clock. We've got a 12 o'clock. Well, no, you're going to go to a place like Brandy has created, Rhythmia, where you are surrounded in nature. You're completely submerged. You're with people who are the real deal because Brandy don't play. We don't sell monthly memberships. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's important, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this work is important because I feel like these plants are back at a crucial, critical time. We are at one of the most exciting times ever to be alive, right? But we also are at this crucial time where you came in here, you were one of the lucky, there's trillions of souls trying to come into planet Earth. You got to be here at this time, returning back to the golden age. And you have a calling, you have a purpose to be here. We have been so disconnected from ourselves, from our souls, from nature, that Mother Nature is coming back and the plants are like a catalyst. They're amazing. They changed my life. And, you know, I was so disconnected from myself. I was caught in such a spiritual ego trap, you know, because I was doing all of this self-help work. Um, But, you know, that it it was actually even getting more slippery for me because I started separating myself even more, thinking I was more awake than someone else, judging somebody else. And the plants helped me to, first of all, reconnect back with my soul, where I could just hear my soul speak to me again. Thank God. And, you know, we're we're so disconnected for so many different reasons. We have 5G blasting us. We're eating this polluted food. We've got our cell phones and, and all of these different frequencies blasting us, disconnecting us. So it's great that the plants could be here because it's kind of like I use the analogy of, uh, of a concrete sidewalk. We're trying to get into the soil. We need a jackhammer to get through. But once you get through, now it's up to you to keep that connection going. Turn your life into a ceremony, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not about just showing up and saying the ceremony is the one time I'm going to get blissed out and have this connection <laughs> to God. No, this was the this is you jackhammering through the freaking concrete back to your soul, and now you get to create a ceremony and a celebration with your life every single day. Yes, you know I, uh, a lot of people uh, don't realize that the labels that we label ourselves with are the bricks that have put us in our own fortress, right? Mm-hmm. And so we say, if you have more than five labels that you've labeled yourself with, that each label comes with maybe more than 50, 60 to 100 to 500 um, characteristics. So if you say, you know, I am, let's say, bisexual, for instance, right? Then everything that falls under the category of bisexual and whatever the people have defined bisexuality as now mm-hmm. becomes attached to you energetically. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's important for us. So when I say to people, when people ask me, what are you? I say, I'm soul sexual because I'm operating on a soul level. That means that I'm not putting a label on just a soul person who is a sexual person, but also a soul person who's sexual doesn't necessarily mean I need to be sexual with everyone. It just means I want to share a deeper level of intimacy that, that, that goes out of the definition of masculine and feminine mm-hmm. and rides into the understanding of how do we interrelate, not outer relate, just interrelate. So as I relate to myself inwardly, to my own affection, my own ability to love, my own ability to give, my own ability to give myself sustenance, I'm able to create healthy and loving and more authentic relationships with people because I'm showing up with that authenticity. Mm-hmm. What do you think about soul sexual? Oh my God. Thank God, brother. Soul sexual. This is your movement. And it's time. <laughs> it is time because, you know, this is this is part of the human experience. We come into this experience to experience separation and duality. But the point of the masculine and feminine energies being separated is for us to balance those energies in ourselves. And in ancient times, in ancient Egypt, in the mystery schools, there were all types of rituals and practices for us to learn how to balance these energies in ourselves. And that was true. That was the path to a ascension. Um, And what 
what happened when the patriarchy took over. Um, of course, the feminine power is so powerful that they had to repress it, suppress it. They had to get rid of it, you know, and they had to create these new false ideas of what masculine and feminine are. And this is the trap that we've fallen into. Even identifying with, uh, you know, relationships or like you said, putting labels on ourselves. The, the whole problem with this is that we are souls. And, you know, you might show up in this relationship with a man and this is your soul family. And this is the person who's here to bring you closer to your soul. That's the whole point. The whole point of relationship is for these people to help us to awaken. And relationships are actually one of the fastest ways because it's so painful and the, what you go through. And it's so it's like someone up in your face mirroring you all day long. And we get attached to what it's supposed to look like, this fairy tale story. We put expectations on ourselves and other people. And then we're greatly taken down with disappointment because that's not the story. The fairy tale is you waking up to yourself, yeah. right? And the connection that you have, you just don't know what your connection is going to be. So why try to put a label on yourself or say, I'm never going to do this, or I'm never going to cross the line and go to a man in another relationship or be whatever it is. It just, it doesn't make sense because we're all here as soul family. There's no reason to put a definition or a label on it because then you have to take on everything that's loaded with that. So I think what you're creating, this movement, is so right on for us as we are raising into this new frequency and vibration. Because you look at the Ascended Masters, and I'm looking at this picture of Yogananda, and his face could be a male or a woman. And I look at you, Derek, you could be a male or a woman because this is what happens on the path to ascension. You've balanced these energies in yourself and you're starting to look like androgynous, just like in the spirit world, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's funny because my friend, one of my friends uh, in London, he's a very masculine African man. And he looks at me and he goes, I love your 50% woman and your 50% man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, and for me, you know, I think what it does is it allows me to have a different level of intimacy with life, you know, even with the food that I eat, the way that I conversate, the way that I connect, the way that I play and have fun, everything, even just our connection, everything allows me to be able to move outside of the constructive narrative that the yeah. matrix built. For everyone to go into to be sheep and to be these robots that you spoke about mm -hmm. where they feel like what am i doing why am i waking up and going to this quote unquote job you know why am i in this relationship that is not amplifying love mm -hmm. you know why am i being so distant you know with with life you know mm -hmm. and people you know i mean i feel that we have, you know, when people say to me, oh yeah, I'm going to go do a plant ceremony and I'm going to go do these things. And so I go, I go, I'm okay. I'm just going to not say anything. I'm just going to observe and bless them on their journey and, you know, ask them questions like, did you, how do you know this person is a shaman? And, you know, um, how long have they been doing this? Because a shaman isn't just come six months down the line because they went to Peru. Like, how do you know? How do you know? Where are you doing it? You know, are you doing it in nature where the elements and the energies are there to support your body, your emotions, your mind, and your spirit? Or are you doing it in a building mm -hmm. where you have to be exposed to all these other different elements that are there? And is the mm -hmm. shaman there strong enough to hold space for you in the mm -hmm. building? Is he creating bowls of water and putting charcoal and putting different uh, tobacco in different areas of the mm -hmm. place to open up certain spirits there so that you're not affected by what's there you know right right but you see there's this level where people are not acknowledging 
hey, you know what? Before I take a step forward, I really need to see like what I'm putting myself into. And that's why the matrix is so clever because the matrix right now is turning the health and wellness and spiritual community upside down by using the same tactics they use to get everyone else into slavery mm-hmm. and now utilizing it in the in the in the wellness mm-hmm. and spiritual communities like let's talk on that oh let's talk on that because um actually when i was taking a public public relations course in business school i remember reading about a guy named edward bernays in the 1920s he was sigmund freud's nephew and he came to united states and took the ideas of how to manipulate masses of people you know the same ideas that hitler used and he started the whole pr industry and he started working with our government and he actually showed corporations how they could uh, use the subconscious mind to manipulate masses of people. And one of the um, experiments that he did was with, it was a uh, with instant baking. So women, uh, they wanted to create an instant cake product and women felt guilty. They did a, they did a focus group. They felt guilty that they would just, you know, have a mix and put in uh, and, and, and put water with it and just have a cake made. So then he said, okay, well, let's add one more step. So he added an egg, okay? And this is how the whole instant cake industry took off. Same thing happened with cigarettes. He, he, you know, it was a huge market to step into the female population. So he worked with the cigarette industry. He got a group of debutantes in New York and got a, a PR team there. And basically he used women's rights to make them feel like they were being independent. And he got them to lift their skirts. And when they lifted their skirts, they had a garter belt and pulled out a cigarette and overnight women started smoking cigarettes all over the world. Okay. It's crazy. It's crazy. And so imagine how much of this we don't even realize we've bought into how many things we think are empowering us, but really we're just consumers and really we're just focus groups and people are, you know, capitalizing millions, billions, trillions of dollars off of us being unaware of how they've subconsciously manipulated us. Yeah. They keep us uh, in a state of codependency mm-hmm. and then create programs that support that codependency and then create products and merchandises and all these things to support the filling of that void that creates the codependency. But the filling of the void is never filled, mm-hmm. right? It just gets more and more bigger and bigger, like a hungry monster that just wants more, right? Mm-hmm. And and so it's interesting because what happens is now you've got people who will do ayahuasca on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, I'm booked for ayahuasca on next Saturday and I'll see you in two weeks on next Tuesday. And you know what? I'm just going to throw on another session in for next Wednesday. And you know what? I Forget it. I'm going to do Wednesday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that way. And so then when I see them, I'm like, what have you been doing? They're like, well, I, you know, I was doing ayahuasca on Monday, Wednesday. And I'm like, why do you need to do it at that extreme level? Right. Like, why? what are you doing? Like, right. why are you have become now, ayahuasca has become your bitch. Right. And you are no longer now this independent spiritual person who's operating le- uh, legacy to be, to leave legacy and be the leader that you are and rock this casba. Mm-hmm. You are now become a sheeple, a follower a person who has been dependent upon something and you're hungry and you're thirsty and you're trying to get your thirst filled and you're doing it by doing all of these things and you don't realize that the whole idea of you doing it, every time you do it, you're sending a subliminal subconscious message to your being which says, I don't believe I have power 
So I am going to do this to get some for right now. So then you subconsciously create this idea that you're not with power. And so Mm -hmm. therefore you start manifesting people in your life, situations in your life that show you more reasons why Mm -hmm. you have no power. Mm -hmm. Following gurus that speak at you and create followers rather than leaders. Yeah. You know? And that's the big mess we've made already on the planet with all the the wonderful leaders we had, they won as one instead of came as a hundred thousand, you know? And I think that's so important, you know? And one of the things I want to get into is I want to, I want to go into a little bit deeper is why do you feel there's so much people with all the, the, the witch hunts and, you know, the, the me too, you too, me too, I too, all of us, you too, everyone's got something that they're having an issue with, you know, like, what do you feel about that right now? You know, in the world of this great, upheaval as I, as I call it and discord of human behavior you know I call it uh being ravenous yeah. right ravenous that people just have to make go troll you on your Instagram <laughs> they, everyone's got something to say everyone's got a comment mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean it's coming with wisdom and truth mm-hmm. just everyone's got a comment everyone has something to say everyone has to chime in you know and it's, and it's just it's just a big ball of distraction what's your thoughts on that mm-hmm. well First of all, anything that you are hyper-focused on and judging and putting energy into is a reflection of something that's inside of yourself. And I always hate when I catch myself uh, judging something because then I know the rule, the spiritual rule, and I have to look at myself and I'm like, God damn it, why can't I go back before I knew that rule, right? (laughs) But it's so true because I look at women, you know, who are so angry in the Me Too movement. And I'm like, dude, you are Donald Trump. The energy of you being what you are against and the way that you're going about it and the words that you're using, it's all the same exact thing that you're against, even worse Mm -hmm. a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Amplified. It's amplified. 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 It's like, oh yeah, you did this to us. Well, now motherfuckers, we're going to do it to you. Right. You know, and this is not what it's about because men are suffering just as bad as women are suffering from you know, what has happened with the patriarchy from us losing the the balance of our masculine and feminine, from us being trained about and told lies about what feminine is and what masculine is. We're all suffering equally, men and women. So this is a, a we too movement, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? It's time for all of us to understand how we've been manipulated and really get to the truth, that ancient wisdom that, thank God, you are bringing forward so that people can be once again empowered because this is one of the most exciting times to be alive. Absolutely, We've it never is. had so much power. Absolutely. Oh my God. Oh yes, let's speak on that Hell because that yes. is just straight And they know this. And that's why they're desperately hanging on like dinosaurs to old systems because they're already collapsed. It's over. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's done. And now, you know, with all of the new technologies and things, we can't even imagine what this world's going to be like in 20 years, in 30 years, because we have access to our, our power and they know that. And when one person wakes up, when one giant wakes up, Ooh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, but nothing. that giant has to wake up. But see, here's yeah. the thing is that the giant has to wake up and immediately do a call out to yeah. all the other giants to wake up. Because you can't just wake up and be alone because then they'll get you. Exactly. That's exactly. The, you know, because think of all the people whose whose lives are being taken, yeah. right? Who are the innovators, the creators, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's like 
it's happening because what they, they've learned from the past is, okay, so if one leader steps forth, we just need to blackmail that leader with something that they do sexually or something that, that they don't want the world to know about. We'll use that against them to become on our side or we assassinate them. Right. Exactly. And then people will be afraid to right. get assassinated. Like the 18 million witches that were burned and tortured and killed. Right. right. And that's why you have all these witches running around going, you know, uh, I'm a Wicca and I do white magic, which to me and to shaman is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> because, because, you know, the reality is, is that if you're doing magic, you're manipulating something. So, you know, a lot of the white witches are doing that because they want to be considered to be able to be acknowledged in society as white witches mm. but in fact they want to separate themselves from the idea of black magic mm. which which in fact literally comes from not just black magic but black magic actually came from the african culture when the white man saw uh, the people doing things and dancing out naked and putting things on them and and dancing in ceremony and they would look at them and go look at that black magic wow yeah and so then of course you move it over and they associate it with that so it's associated with the color of the skin as well right the sullied mm -hmm. ones right the sullied magic was in in the back in the olden days and then you move it forward to all after all the you know the christian crusades and the witch hunts and all the people oh, yeah. the women who were crucified and, and what they did to witches oh they my did god to they them. made her ugly with a big long old nose <laughs> flying past the moon but cackling. then you hear the word wizard and you picture this magical man this beautiful <laughs> with like a long beard and blue eyes yeah, exactly. and he's like rocking this cool staff and he's got like a major cool crystal on top and he's just all like like holding a staff down and being like you shall not pass i'm like okay lord of the rings you oh, know i gotta blow goodness. that shit out of the water but the thing is yeah and so they don't understand that any form of energy even intention is manipulating energy on some levels in in the spiritual dimensions and so we don't get into black magic, white magic, because it's going through the field of duality, mm -hmm. right? Again, which is what the Matrix wants. It wants you to keep playing those cards. Right. It's about conscious magic. It's about mm -hmm. how do you use your consciousness, your intellect, your emotions, your feelings, and whatever energy you have, such as dance, movement, perhaps you mix herbs and put it in whatever. Or if you take, if you go into a, a ritual where you're making love with your other person that you're in love with, and while you're in the act of making love, you're using all that pleasure energy to create like new things in your life to manifest. The reality is things are still getting manipulated. But if we keep putting it into these contexts that mm -hmm. the, the matrix wants. Right, right and wrong, good and bad. <laughs> right? yeah, it's, yeah, it's just locking us up in this box. And mm -hmm. I, think, I think where the medicine serves a greater purpose on the planet right now is to really take away your narrative. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is people go into the narrative, uh, they go away from their narrative, mm -hmm. and then they create a new narrative. And it's the love and light. I'm a ayahuasca. I'm super spiritual. You're not because you didn't do it. You're not on this super cliche cachet, uh, you know, cachet that I'm getting from all my street yeah. friends, from all my bros and, <laughs> and girls out there who like got down with the ayahuasca, ayahuasca, <laughs> right? And so, like, that's why it's so important for places like you've created because you're changing. You're you're helping the people who change their narrative from taking the plant medicine. And but the people who want to use the narrative to create a new narrative, but even that is so narcissistic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the actually what I love about our program is 
the main foundation of our program came channeled through my ex-husband, my business partner, Gerard. And I love him because he's from Pennsylvania. He never read any of this shit before. So when he would be getting these downloads on the medicine, talking about soul merges and Egypt and the Ankh, like I'm like, oh, spirit is speaking through him. But this is actually what the program is. Um, you know, it's basically, you know, why this program has been so powerful. The medicine is very powerful, but also we've been helping to do something that was done in ancient Egypt. Yep. And we are taking people back, merging them back with their soul, connecting them back to, to the child. And this is what is so important for us right now. Yeah. And not just ancient Egypt. You're talking yeah. um, Sumeria. Right. You're talking the Mu people. You're talking mystery Atlantis, school, yeah. the mystery schools, mm -hmm. the hermetic teachings. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, and even just in the shamanic context of, of you know, the women's circles. I mean, a lot of people think shamans are men, but the shamans started as women. Yeah. And then they started sharing it with their young boys. And then the boys started growing up and becoming shamans in their training with their mothers and their aunts and their sisters who were already trained in shamanism from their mothers. So right. it's, a, it's interesting how a lot of times when people think shaman, they think man. Right. You Absolutely. Know, Shaw man. man. Yeah. yeah. Then they think, oh, I got to call Shaw woman. But really, the, the whole shaman, the shaman aspect is basically, it doesn't fall in the categories of a gender. It's right. actually the understanding of the, the, the psychology, the wisdom, the anthropology, the knowing of uh, coexistence and how to deal with certain ailments, how to deal with certain spirits and how to understand and facilitate. If you are a shaman that works with certain types of medicines, if you are extracting it from an, an animal or if you're getting it from a plant or a root or if you're getting it from water like the shamans in Indonesia and the, uh, who use the water spirits to, um, to activate energies. Either or, you're trained and you're versed in the understanding of how these spirits are affecting human life mm -hmm. and the reverence that it is, right? Yeah. And so on your land, you have shamans who come in there. Let's talk about that. Yeah, and really, our goal is to activate the shaman in you because right. you're a shaman. Oh, wait, you're hold on. I want to get a high five for that because that's, <laughs> that's, my, that's my life service yeah. is to turn the whole world into yeah. walking, breathing, shamans, making shamanism a, yes. a lifestyle choice for yes. evolution. Exactly. So the classes that are built around this experience are created to empower you to awaken these gifts in yourself, really. Right. You know, yeah. this is what we're oh, doing. So good. <laughs> so, 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 so good. So I want to talk about, you know, the situation with women because, mm -hmm. you know, it's very important right now where we are in our evolution to really show up. And I know for myself, I'm honored every chance I get invited into the women's circle. Like mm -hmm. even just recently, my, my publicist had a birthday party. And the first thing I said to the woman when I got there is like, I just want to say, and with humble heart, I'm so honored to be able to be able to speak to you women and share my knowledge and wisdom and be invited into your circle. Mm -hmm. Because the circle of women it has to be acknowledged, has to be protected, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's not being protected. I feel like women have constantly found a way to go off from their circle and bring other things into their circle that mm -hmm. are not really conducive to their health, to where they are doing their health, their their movement, their understanding of womb care, their understanding of menstrual cycles, their understanding of moon rituals, and their understanding of what it means to hold the frequency of a woman, not just the feminine, because women have both, but the frequency of being a vessel as a woman with the double chromosome allows women to step into a different way of seeing the world, mm -hmm. right? And this is why I'm so strong about elderly women being brought back yes. into, which is something I was going to talk to you about that we should do, which is like an elderly woman retreat yeah. for, and bring like 
the elderly women come in, but they also become teachers for everyone. And we teach her how to get back into that space of teaching and Uh, sharing and learning from our elders. Amen. And not just the women, but also the men too. But I think women would be great to start with and then bring the men in as well and then bring it into both because you have the, the maiden, the mother, and the crone. And people think once you're a crone, they push them out of society and they realize that that's where the power is. That is where the power is. And even they took the word hag and manipulated it. Hag used to mean independent, wise woman, a woman that didn't follow what other people were doing, but followed her own, her inner self and her own wisdom. And they turned that word into meaning, you know, hag, like you're an old washed up woman, because actually once women passed their menstrual cycle, that was when they were holding all of the wisdom and they knew that the elders uh, carried that wisdom, were passing that wisdom down. So they had to, you know, make it... um, Uncomfortable, eliminate it. Eliminate it and yeah, get rid of them. Yeah. And so I agree. And in my own life, I created a women's circle for myself. I have this beautiful women's circle of sisters and we have been able to just strengthen each other, to help each other. And, and in that women's circle, I I do have two uh, crone women that are in my circle. And we created the same thing at Rhythmia. So I would bring 80 to 100 women together for a week that I call Majesty. And we do this work with the medicine of, you know, looking at the story of the feminine, looking at the manipulations that were made and the disempowering beliefs that we are still holding. Even if you think that you escaped that you did not because it happened to your ancestors. It happened in your past lives. It's in your DNA, you know? So we're understanding what these belief systems are. 90% of our reality is being created by our subconscious, probably more than 90%. And so, you know, this is one of the ways that we've been able to access that and to heal it and to, you know, step into more of our power. Absolutely. And just to give everyone an understanding of the subconscious, the subconscious takes all the things that you react to, the things that you perceive as important. So where you place your investment or your energy is what your subconscious builds upon. So if you're reacting to every horrible thing on the planet, your subconscious is taking all of that in and saying, that's what your devotion is. That's what your energy is. So you want more of those experiences. So it starts formulating those more experiences to show up in different ways in your life. And it could be through relationships. It could be through things that you're doing with your, your job or whatever it may be, it shows up. And right. And so that's why it's important for us to speak um, into existence with unconditional love for ourselves and for lifting and shifting at the highest level when we talk and also to think with consciousness of the highest level of truth and love and unconditional love that means, mm-hmm. and also to react with a non-reaction towards life, but to observe. And then if we do have a reaction, we react only to the situation because we can shift it and lift it, not because we're in threat or horror or, oh my God, yeah. I can't believe this is happening or it can't believe what they're doing right now. Oh my God, how they're destroying the earth because all of that creates a synthesis through your body, which mm-hmm. relays back to your brain and goes into your subconscious and your subconscious takes bits and pieces of those things and starts formulating new steps, new buildings, new blocks for your life. And mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't need that shit. And this was the work that really changed my life in such a powerful way. Like this is what was activated that I then take into my everyday practice is basically our soul is our child, right? And so for me, I used to be like, I love God. I buy all the books. I would go to church. I go to Agape. I go to SRF. I do, you know, and I'm like, the medicine was like, to the extent that you love yourself is the extent that you love God. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so I got into a practice and my nickname as a little girl was Bean, right? And so I got into a practice of building a relationship with Bean because Bean and I got so, so separated. (laughs) And, you know, and what I would do on the medicine, and then I actually started just doing this work in regular life. I realized I don't need medicine to do this work is, you know, when a pattern would come up in my life, uh, something that that is has a hold on me I want to get rid of, uh, I would go back to the source of it first. And I would see how it served me because everything is here to serve us ultimately. And then I would have, first of all, just awareness and compassion for that piece and how it served me. And then I would go into my life and I would start to create new neuropathways by having these conversations of compassion when it's coming up in my life with Bean, you know, and saying, good job, Bean, you know, like you created this to, you know, to help you handle this meth house. You know, like one of the things I used to do is I used to um, constantly space out and people would get so annoyed with me. They're like, can you please be on earth? Could you please be present with me? And I would get super frustrated with myself because I'm like, God, I'm doing all these mindfulness techniques and I keep spacing out. Well, I just didn't feel safe you know, and it was an indicator that there were things that were not safe for me to be on earth fully in that moment. And so by giving the compassion, by taking off the judgment, the criticism, the shame, the guilt, and looking at me like a little girl and starting to become the parent of that little girl, the adult, you know, who now isn't in that situation anymore, who has these new tools and having these conversations with her, I'm actually rewiring neuropathways every single time I have a compassionate conversation with her. And then I allow a new space of energy for a new way to come in. Because as long as we put ourselves in that little trap in that corner, we we perpetuate these patterns. Yeah, absolutely. Traps do not heal Mm-mm. at all. Mm-mm. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about your uh, resort uh, because I'm, I'm very excited about it. I know that uh, the team and I are going out there. Is it next year or is it is it this year? Yes. Next year. Next yeah. year. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, you've graciously have gifted the tribe a, a gift of coming to the retreat. Yes. And spending time with me and you and everybody. Yes. And, um, and also, so you, we have, we already have one that we're going to do, you know, um, but we also have another one, right. That mm-hmm. has been gifted for Rhythmia. And that is, can you tell us more about it? It's a 6,800 value includes mm-hmm. taxes and fees. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's redeemable for one all-inclusive trip to Rhythmia Life Enhancement Center, which includes seven nights of luxurious resort accommodations with private room, four plant medicine ceremonies, car service to and from Liberia Airport, 21 farm-to-table organic meals, three answer is you class designed by Michael Bethwick, one about your miracle class by Gerard Powell, six yoga classes, three hydroclonic cleanses, which is like my favorite. Crucial. So crucial, <laughs> so needed. One Swedish massage, three transformational breathwork classes, one rhythmia weight program, two medical evaluations performed by staff physicians, and one dance of liberation movement ceremony designed by Parashakti. And this gift, um, we have several of them coming, mm-hmm. uh, which we're very excited about. So everyone who's um, listening to today's share, if you want to find out about this, um, it's important for you to get on the Instagram for Rhythmia and also for Shaman Durek because we're going to be posting the contest there mm-hmm. on those. So if you're not following on Instagram or on Rhythmia's Instagrams at Rhythmia or at Shaman Durek, 
you're going to miss out on this amazing, amazing gift, which two people can go under one of these, yes, right? As correct. a couple. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, so, I mean, this is, um, Brandy is truly a giver of love, a giver of life, a giver of wisdom, a giver of healing. And uh, this is a beautiful gift that she has given to the tribe. And I'm so honored. I'm so excited about this trip. Yeah, it's so good. So good. And then also tell us about this amazing film that you've created, The Reality of Truth. Yeah. So um, I co-produced a movie called The Reality of Truth. And there's, it's basically the story of um, a friend and Michelle Rodriguez and uh, they are interested in doing plant medicine and they interview uh, Ram Das and Marianne Williamson and Bruce Lipton and Foster Gamble, you know, to get the um, perspectives before going on the journey themselves. So the film is really great. If you have questions and you want to learn more about ayahuasca, check out this film. You could actually go to YouTube. It's free. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And also your... Uh, oh, yeah. We picked the date for my podcast launch. Yeah. Which is... What did we say? Well, August 15th. <laughs> yeah, August, August 15th, 15th on the brandyland.com. <laughs> Sign up and we, I, the podcast will be launching on um, iTunes and where else will it be launching? <laughs> It'll be launching on iTunes, Spotify, all the major podcast channels. He's teaching channels. me how to launch a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's called Brandyland, and you'll also be seeing some of it. I'll be posting it on my IG stories to give you heads up when that's going to be happening, which is going to be pretty rock and roll. And I'm just so honored. I mean, you, you know, we're going to bring you back in the studio again uh, to talk about more things um, because you and I can go on for, yeah, we could for just... like... You know, we say you say we could pull an all night or podcast. Yeah, like we <laughs> say in Hawaii. Has anyone ever done that? Just like gone all night. You know, I was with Luke Story, and we want. <laughs> I think I think we want like two hours. Yeah, I could I could wrap a Luke Story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but literally, like we say in Hawaiian culture, like when we're growing up as kids, we say for days, brah, for days. <laughs> yeah, we can go for days. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm just so honored and. You know, so again, you can get in touch with Brandy at Rhythmia at on Instagram. Is there any other ways people can get in touch with you? Is there and there's a um, website for Rhythmia? Yeah, the let's see, Rhythmia. I think you just go to Rhythmia on Instagram, Rhythmia on Facebook, and it comes up. Yeah, I'm just uh, accepting that I must go into social media myself now. <laughs> I know it took me a while. It took it me took a while. Me, it, I've had so much resistance, actually. I have Everyone's like, "How do you have only two pictures of yourself on Instagram?" And they're all like weird, fuzzy, random pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's really funny because I was I was resistant for years, and uh, everyone kept telling me. And then finally, like, it's an amazing tool to reach like, you people. Gotta do it, you got to do it. Yeah. So I did it, but I'm on um, it. People can also get in touch with you at www.rhythmia.com. That's www.rythmia.com. And um, yeah, we're excited. Brandy at rhythmia.com. Yes. Thank you so much for being on today's show. I share. love you, brother. I'm so glad that it worked, that it finally happened. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. My goodness. <laughs> to be continued. To be continued. Let's schedule when it's not Mercury, Mercury retrograde next Yeah, time. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm, I'm honored. I love you, sweetheart. I love you. I love you. <laughs> All right, tribe. Well, yeah, I mean, just take an inhale, exhale on that one, right? Because you get the good knowledge that you need to be able to understand, like, if this path is for you, you'll know. 
And if you do know, don't go anywhere else. Go to Rhythmia so that you are protected, you are loved, you are taken care of, and you're nurtured in the right way to give you the highest place for you to open that that vessel of yours up into a vulnerable state so that you can be able to transverse through all that 50% of the things that it would be nice for you to shift and lift, right? So be at a place where you're getting the, the, the beautiful nurturing that's necessary and the sustenance that your body needs so that you're not depleted. You're not by some buzzing refrigerator. You're not in a situation that's causing some kind of aggressive attack on your system while you're in this vulnerable state. Rhythmia is where it's at. Um, you can also follow me at Shaman Durek and you can check me out at www.shamandurek.com to find out like what types of things I'm into by signing up on my newsletter. And remember, Tribe, there's no one like you in the whole entire world. So if you're not lifting and shifting yourself and shining your light and vibrating your light into the world and being the radiant, beautiful sun that you are, then what are you doing? You're too powerful to hold yourself back. Remember that. There's only one of you and there will only be one of you. And until next time, see you later, alligator. Alligator.